0: Esteemed apologist and author Robbie Zacharias has passed away. We'll take a look back at his ministry, his life, and his legacy. Also, a bombshell from the Roe v. Wade debate has a potential to really turn the narrative there on its head. And finally, we pay a fond farewell to an iconic center of Christian literature. That's all ahead. This is Relevant Daily. It's relevant, it's relevant. It's relevant. Daily. relevant daily. It's relevant daily. It's relevant daily. Hey, everyone. I'm Tyler Huckabee. Welcome to The Relevant Daily, where we bring you what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. All those stories are coming up right now. First up, famed Christian apologist and author Robbie Zacharias has died after a brief battle of cancer. According to a press release from his organization, the famed Christian apologist and author known around the world for his cerebral preaching founded Robbie Zacharias International Ministries (RZIM) to promote winsome arguments for the existence of God. Over the course of a nearly 50-year ministry, Zacharias became hugely popular for his fierce intellect, which he married with a winsome, eloquent style of preaching and teaching. Zacharias was born to an Anglican family in India and would say that he became a Christian after a failed suicide attempt when he was a teenager. After he immigrated to Canada and married Margaret Maggie Reynolds, he joined the Christian Missionary Alliance and began traveling across the world as a preacher. His reputation received a huge boost from the Reverend Billy Graham who invited him to preach at his inaugural International Conference for Itinerant Evangelists in Amsterdam. Zacharias founded RZIM in 1984 and has been in high demand as a speaker ever since. Uh, Later in life, Zacharias was accused of inflating his academic credentials and failure to clarify that his doctorates were honorary As a result, RZIM and publishers would revise his bios, removing any reference to him as doctor. Uh, Around the same time, Zacharias was accused of engaging in inappropriate email conversations with a ministry supporter. He sued, and the case was settled with a non-disclosure agreement. We're not trying to trounce his legacy, obviously, uh, but it's important to paint the full picture here in addition to the many, many good things that he undoubtedly did for the church Uh, Last week, his family announced that uh, doctors had decided the malignant tumor they discovered earlier this year was untreatable, and that had sent him home to Atlanta to be with his wife and his family. He is survived by his wife, Maggie, and their three children, Sarah, Naomi, and Nathan. In a statement, Michael Ramsden, who's the president of RZIM said, quote, Ravi saw the objections and questions of others, not as something to be rebuffed, but as a cry of the heart that had to be answered people weren't logical problems waiting to be solved. They were people who needed the person of Christ. Those who knew him well will remember him first for his kindness, gentleness, and generosity of spirit. The love and kindness he had come to know in and through Jesus Christ was the same love he wanted to share. with all he met. Uh, His daughter, Sarah Davis, who is the CEO of RZIM, sent out her own statement where she said, quote, It was his Savior, Jesus Christ, that my dad always wanted most to talk about. Even in his final days, until he lacked the energy and breath to speak, he turned every conversation to Jesus and what the Lord had done. He perpetually marveled that God took a 17-year-old skeptic, defeated in hopelessness and unbelief, and called him into a life of glorious hope and belief in the truth of Scripture, a message he would carry across the globe for 48 years, 48 years, almost 50 years, that Robbie's ministry uh, created an impact in the, all, all over the world. Um, he was a very, very special minister. I'm sure many people listening to this have a lot of very fond memories of the, of the work and impact that he did. Um, really one of the last evangelicals, public evangelicals, whose legacy will be for evangelism. Very, very special, and hopefully, the many people that he inspired—I'm sure—will be sharing many more stories in the coming days. Our, of course, our prayers at Relevant are with the family as they're grieving their loss. In other news, in 1995, Norma McCorvey, who is the anonymous Jane Roe in the Supreme Court's landmark Roe v. Wade case, publicly came out against abortion, very famously in 95, It was a huge coup for pro-life groups, representing a symbolic victory. McCorvey spent most of her, the rest of her life fighting to overturn the law associated with her name. But now, a new documentary puts her life in the spotlight and drops a potential bombshell. According to the LA Times, McCorvey says that she only claimed to have changed her mind because she was paid to do so by anti-abortion groups. McCorvey, who died in 2017, says she was always pro-choice in FX's upcoming documentary it's called AKA Jane Roe, and that debuts this Friday the doc. She says, quote, I was the big fish. I think it was a mutual thing. I took their money and they'd put me out in front of the cameras and tell me what to say. That's what I'd say. It was all an act. I did it well too. I am a good actress. Uh, She went on to say, if a young woman wants to have an abortion, that's no skin off my censored. That's why they call it a choice. Now, this is a potential bombshell and it comes at a key time in America's abortion debate. The Supreme Court has rarely had a more conservative bent giving hope to anti-abortion activists about several upcoming high-profile cases that could undermine Roe v. Wade in several states. AKA Jane Roe also comes in the wake of a number of failed quote-unquote heartbeat bills that would have made abortion all but illegal following the first detectable in utero heartbeat. Now, those bills did not pass legal muster some pro-life groups remain optimistic about the near future. Nevertheless, the claims made in AKA Jane Roe do throw sort of a symbolic wrench in that narrative. The documentary's director, a guy named Nick Sweeney, told The Times that he wanted to explore the real life and story of McCorvey, a woman whose Jane Roe name is widely known, but whose story is not. He said, quote, "'The focus of the film is Norma. "'That's what I really want people "'to take away from the film. Who is this enigmatic person at the center of this very divisive issue? With an issue like this, there can be a temptation for different players to reduce Jane Road to an emblem or trophy, and behind that is a real person with a real story. Norma was incredibly complex. Now, In the documentary series, McCorvey's claims of being paid off are at least partially confirmed by Rob Schenck, who is a former evangelical minister and leader of controversial anti-abortion group Operation Rescue. He told the documentarians, quote, What we did with Norma was highly unethical. The jig is up. We will be watching that documentary uh, relevant we will continue to report on what we find there but definitely a, a pretty big bombshell out of that documentary before it's even been released finally uh Oxford is home to The Eagle and Child, an old pub that was the preferred watering hole of C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, and the group collectively known as The Inklings. A plaque commemorating their frequent presence, their weekly presence, in fact, is posted on the wall. But alas, it's time for the pub to go further up and further in, as local officials have approved plans to turn the pub into a hotel. The BBC reports that the current landlord's plans include, quote, demolishing part of the ground floor and the first floor rear extensions and converting the cafe next door into a hotel reception and rooms. The upper floors will also be repurposed for accommodation. A part of the pub will remain on the ground floor. So not all is lost. Uh, nevertheless, several officials protested the changes, citing, quote, concerns about the impact on the historic buildings and streetscape and the potential impact on trees in the adjoining street at Wellington Place. But Apparently those concerns were overruled in favor of updating the old bar. And we do mean old, the Eagle and Child, which the Inklings affectionately referred to as the Bird and Baby, has been a public house since 1650. The Inklings was a group of literature-minded friends, including Lewis, Tolkien, Charles Williams, and Hugo Dyson. They started meeting at the Eagle and Child in the 1930s, discussing each other's work and getting feedback on unfinished manuscripts. In 1950, Lewis passed around a draft for a children's fantasy book he'd been toying with called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And the rest is history. While the group changed members over time, Lewis was a fixture of both the Inklings and the pub they called home until his death in 1963. So uh, part of the pub will remain post renovation, but uh, definitely going through some big changes. So if you uh, are looking to get a chance to have a drink, have a pint in the birthplace of the Chronicles of Narnia, you may want to hurry up as soon as quarantine lifts, of course. You can read more about that story and everything else we're covering today over at the homepage at relevantmagazine.com. Also, for the latest, make sure to follow Relevant on social media. We're on Twitter at Relevant, on Facebook and Instagram at Relevant Magazine, and you can subscribe to all our other podcasts there as well. I'm here every weekday bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Relevant Daily.